try to go live on YouTube. Okay, gentlemen, we are live. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. Cheers to all the fans that jumped on board, man, and subscribing like crazy. Um, uh, we really appreciate that. My name is Mark DeMeo. I'm one of your hosts, my co-host, and my partner in all things law enforcement since we're retired, Bill Cannon. What's up? Doing good, man. I'm, I'm real happy to see uh, Bean. I, I know him as Bean. His real name is, name is Irvin Urbina, but he's called Bean. I've known him for probably over 30 years. And he's a workhorse from... Uh, I would say that. I would say that. Yeah, the 3-2 squad. He's, he's been a workhorse and a great, great guy. And uh, Bean, welcome to the show, man. What's up? Nice Thank to you. have you. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, you know... You, Thank uh, you very much. For our fans, just so they know, you're a retired first grade detective, which is uh, the highest grade that you can be, you know, the, the highest level of detective here in New York City. And then uh, you were also the Manhattan North trustee, which is a union, uh, the uh, Detectives Endowment Association. That's correct. And uh, after you retired, now uh, you just became the, the Retired Detectives New York City Board of Directors. You, you became a member of that, right? Can you hear? <laughs> Did I lose you? Being That's correct. You? I just uh, became that uh, this year. Oh, okay. All right. There was a little delay there. No, I'm still here. I was looking at your, um, you know, your social media, and I've got to tell you, man, it looks like some, you were somebody that really, really enjoyed the job. Being I sure did. I sure did. It seems like you're on tape delay here. <laughs> Are you hearing things 10 seconds after we say it or what? Yeah, I think so. I think he's on oh, like yeah? delay. <laughs> Are you Are you watching Zoom or YouTube? Uh, I'm on Zoom. Okay, yeah, you should be right in time with us then. Anyway, you know, I knew Bean for years because... The Homicide Squad, we practically lived in the 3-2 squad, you know? And uh, I, used, I used to marvel at the 3-2 squad. They were such a great squad, but I used to also marvel at what they would eat. They were always eating White Castle burgers. And I would be like, oh, my God, <laughs> how, how are you guys eating that stuff? And they would actually travel to the Bronx to get it, too. And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, good old days the good old we days had, we had jimbo's right around the corner from the two six uh, jimbo's, uh, oh that's the first jimbo's yeah that i tell you that burger was the best but you you it came up you burped that yeah. burger up for the next 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> you, you better enjoy it find a place where you can sit down and really enjoy it because it's really they're great but oof, hey, hey bean you know who we have listening we have the oh. peter pranzo Oh, okay. Remember Lieutenant cool. Pranzo, Scott Wagner from the 2-3, uh, uh -huh. Bill Ryan from uh, Austin Explosion. All these people are live chatting. Uh, Very nice. So they all came to see you, Bean. No? <laughs> it's like a reunion on, on YouTube. <laughs> where are you? Where, 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 are you? Where, where do you live? What borough? 
I, I live in Pel uh, Pelham Bay section of the Bronx. Okay. Uh, which is right there by the range. Yeah, we're close to each other. Oh, yeah, where, where are you? I'm in Country Club. Oh, yeah, we're stone throw away. Yeah. You guys can be hanging out now. Now that yeah. you met each other, you yeah, can we're be really close. going for a beer together, you know? We could have just did this together tonight. <laughs> we could have we went listen. over to Mark's house. And <laughs> <laughs> this way, there would have been no delay. He would have just... <laughs> So, Bean, let me ask you a question. How come, <laughs> how come you always get involved in a union business and then like getting involved in uh, organizations like uh, you became a Manhattan North trustee for the DEA? And then, you know, you were always involved with uh, the Manhattan North Detective Club, which I'm not. I, I love that you got involved in because I think you did a great job. But what, what do you think drove you to doing Thank things you. like that? Well, you know, I... Um... I believe I'm one of those guys that believe in the brotherhood. Um, you know, we were, uh, you know, we're, we're family and uh, I like to see people enjoy themselves, but together, you know, and um, it, it, it really, it, that's basically what I really, you know, the brotherhood, you know. Ian, can you see the screen? I, I, uh, can, can you see I, the screen? Yep. You see who's holding yeah, up that you. plaque? Yeah. Detective Pat. I'm surprised yeah, he's still big, standing there, you know? <laughs> big Pat, yeah. Detective Pat. Yeah, so, but, uh, you know, I, I enjoy the guys. You know, Manhattan North was my only command, except for when I was in NHU. And, uh, you know, great guys. And, uh, you know, I, I believe in that brotherhood, you know, that we were all... We were all dumb enough to uh, become detectives and cops, and, <laughs> and uh, you know, we we uh, you know, we you know, we spent our lives together. You know, absolutely. Uh, we have a homicide or a shooting. Uh, some would come to us. We sometimes we would go to them. We help each other out, uh, take care of business, and then have a good laugh. You well, know? you know, people don't understand um, like being that we live together. You know, you're doing those four on and two off. And you're working two Correct. four ones, two day tours, and then sometimes you never go home, right? That, that's correct. I mean, I've spent many a days, and I've only, uh, you know, I've lived in. I mean, I live now in Pelham Bay, but I lived in Morris Park, and you know, so I've always lived in the Bronx, which is a close, you know, drive to to work to the three two. But I would I would spend days at at at, uh, at you know at my home, which would be the three two, you know. Uh, well, you know, and being when I looked is, at, everybody would do the same. Being when I looked at your bio, I saw NSU three, and I was like, "Oh my God! How did he go from Midtown North, Midtown South, the land of fruit and honey, up to the heart of Harlem to the three two? You must have been like, oh no!" <laughs> well, you know, it's it, it's funny because uh, I had some captain there that was uh, that wanted me to stay after NSU, so he put in his uh, you know bid to keep me there. And uh, one day I locked up a Citibank executive for trying to run me over and he was drunk. <laughs> so uh, he told me that I will never work in Midtown again. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, back then you had to take him to 2-8 to, uh, you know, to uh, get the breathalyzer. And he was, he was double the limit. And, uh, you know what? He was right. I never worked in the town again. <laughs> <laughs> He's sentenced uh, to Manhattan you know, got, North. 
specifically to the yeah, three so, two and, and being yeah, tell people to tell our fans what they used to call the three two back then. Oh, they, as far as I know, they still call it, but it's the tomb of gloom. That's right. <laughs> the tomb of gloom. What does that and, say, fans uh, out across America? <laughs> oh man, it was it was crazy, you know. And so I got sentenced to the three uh, two, but it turns out it was a blessing in disguise. Uh, you know, I I worked, I learned a lot of things. You know, continued to learn a lot of things. You know, and the guys that uh, were there. Uh, a lot of them became big, big shots. You know, they yeah. be, they went up the ladder, you know, on the job, and uh, but we all had that one thing in common that we were all Manhattan North guys, you know, and especially the three two. Absolutely, and we just like to reach out, you know, duty, so, duty I mean, Ron. Have, you know, duty Ron, thank you so much for that super chat. People actually throw us money when we do this. We're, we're like pole dancers doing this podcast. Sorry to interrupt you, Bean, but. Uh, Thank you, Duty Ron. <laughs> you know, Bean, I always noticed that when, when I used to go up to the 3-2, I thought that the, the, the squad and the precinct yeah. cops were probably the best in the city. They were they were fantastic, you know? Nothing like a 3-2 cop or a 3-2 detective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we had a, we had a bunch of talented guys, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, the job doesn't recognize... Uh, the way they should, but, uh, you know, it's politics or whatever the case may be. But, uh, you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, if you were a Manhattan North guy, you knew your stuff and you weren't afraid to get dirty. You know, we knew what we had to do. Even when we went to uh, cupcake houses like the 19th. uh, (laughs) They probably don't like that. Everybody knew what. You know, when you walked well, into the 19th know. precinct, you saw the shrimp sauce on their shirt. They were spilled over from dipping <laughs> the shrimp in the sauce while they were working the TS, right? Exactly, exactly. But uh, you know what? We're still Manhattan North guys. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, you know, what are you going to do, you know? You know, it, um, being you mentioned the brotherhood. And I remember, you know, working sometimes on Christmas or Thanksgiving and um, just feeling like, you know, like, you know, just feeling horrible that you have to work that day. And then you get to work and then all of a sudden, you know, there's people in the same boat with you. You know, they had to come into work. Yeah. Too. And then you make the best out of it. And um, right. You know, there's not a night I wouldn't trade of it. I wouldn't I would not trade uh, anything in the world for the experience I had, uh, you know, all that time up in the north, you know, and. And you're right, though, you know, you and your partner were there and, you know, you did what you had to do and, you know, you got home safe. And that was that that was the the end of it, you know, you know, being you were uh, you were a sector uh, team in the three, two also. And tell them back in the in the 90s, how many jobs you would answer a night, say, on a four to (laughs) to 12. Tell them how many tell our audience across the country in, you know, Moose Droppings, Uh, Arkansas. Oh, we're doing. Oh, we. Oh, we would, uh, my sector alone, and I had a quiet sector, and, uh, well, it wasn't that quiet, but it was quiet enough. I'm doing 50, 50 runs a day, a night. Wow. Wow. You know, I, I remember when I first got there, because remember the nine squad chart when we were in the, on patrol, um, on a late tour, they were holding 12 jobs, and I would be doing 30, 30, 35 jobs on a midnight. 
Wow. You know, sector. I mean, we, we were, yeah, and that was a sector, and that was only my sector. You know, uh, I mean, we were we were busy. You know, which, which is one of the reasons why I never wanted to leave the three two because, uh, you know, time went quick, and we had a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Meal you know, is we made the best of it, and we did our jobs, and we got to see a lot of different things. Meal is a privilege, right? Remember they used to say that meal is a privilege. Yeah, they used to say that. Like you don't you, automatically get a meal, right? Like you, you never got your hour meal at. at uh, I'm sure when you. Yeah, that's exactly right. And they walked. They didn't even. They weren't even able to that's get right. anything to eat in the three two. They had to travel outside the precinct Listen, to get something to eat, right? Bean, did you hear that? I said you guys had to travel outside the three two precinct to get food. You just. Yeah, no, we were, uh, we had that, you know, that authorized meal locations. We had like seven or eight outside the command, and we had like three of them outside the borough. <laughs> you know, we had to actually go to the Bronx and get food. That's how bad the three two was. Yeah. Huh? What were the choices? That's how bad the three two was. Well, you know what's funny is that uh, given the choice, to, you you still went all the way to the Bronx to get freaking White Castle. I don't understand. I <laughs> <laughs> just got used That's to exactly such good right. food. Saying, like if you if you could have stayed in the three two and got White Castle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we would you know we were allowed to go over that bridge, so uh -huh. we took advantage of it. Uh -huh. And uh, even in the the place we used to go to 149th Street, uh, and you know that's a. That's a bad area in itself, but we got our white castles and, you know, <laughs> we used to have a good time, you know. And, you know, being as busy as the 3-2 precinct was, there was also some heavy duty politics in that precinct, right? You had the Abyssinian back Baptist Church, right? Oh, Calvin Butts, who was very much sure. involved in the politics of Calvin the area. Butts. And you guys had to know what Pistol you were walking. Yeah, well, you had to know what you were walking into, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then you had, uh, you know, uh, the old timers. You had uh, Patterson that lived in uh, Lennox Terrace. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, he was a former governor. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of politics. Uh, you know, Danny Farrow. That's right. You know, you're talking about the, the big shots there, you know. Uh, they, were, they were heavy hitters. But, um, you know, we dealt a lot with the Abyssinian and... Uh, and resurrection, which is uh, which was uh, the pistol packing priest that we had. <laughs> yeah, you know the, the only priest that uh, was allowed to carry a gun. Calvin Butts, right? You know, you had some yeah. of the you had yeah. some of the best commanding officers because I think back then the three two was recognized as a promotion house for a captain. Now every single uh -huh. captain gets promoted no matter where he goes, but back then it was like. You didn't automatically make DI out of a precinct unless you went to a rocking place. But the three two was recognized as if you got the three two, you were getting you were gonna make DI. You know, and they had guys like Timoney, right? He was a CEO of the three two. Right. Anamone, yeah, right? Yeah, uh Selvaggi. Probably yep. before you Selvaggi. Uh, yep. Uh yeah, because uh he went to the two eight, I think, mm -hmm. also when he got promoted. Then he went to the two eight. Uh, we had Matarazzo, Al, Al Matarazzo. and all of these guys eventually made chief, um, right? We had uh, 
Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, that's it. It was, uh, like I said, they were, I mean, look at Anamone, Louis, Louis Anamone made a uh, chief of, uh, chief of department. Absolutely. Uh, can't really get no much higher than that. You know, we have actually 46 people following us in live chat, which is great and from all over the country. Thank you, Duty Ron. I know a lot of your fans have been joining us and subscribing to our channel on YouTube. Thank you so much. Thank you, B. Higgs, Duty Ron, of course, Dawn Marie, Cat in a Hat. I love that name, Cat in the Hat. Jody Easterling. Uh, you, all the people from the West Coast love to hear our New York accents, you know. They want to. Just, they just want to listen to us because they love the way we talk, you know. So hey, I, uh, Scott Wagner says, "Don't forget to tell him how much they love the good old housing uh, homicide." The world showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the three That's, two is uh, filled with housing projects, right? Yeah, we have what. Uh... Uh, I think uh, five five uh, housing projects that are over uh, 21 stories. Wow. Each building, you know, uh, and you're talking about 10 buildings each uh, each uh, project. You know, we had the famous Polo Grounds. That's right. Which was uh, Vietnam right there, you know. <laughs> but, uh, well, hey, Bean, were there uh, any, yeah. were there any you know, buildings? Were there any buildings when you were a young cop that they said, don't go into that building alone? Up there, there was a there was a hundred of them. <laughs> oh, so they were all that way. <laughs> they were all that way. Yeah, they were all that way. And uh, I'll tell you, that's I I did a lot of I did a lot of work in Midtown when I was NSU. I was active, and then uh, when I came up to the three two, I was, oh my God, I was like dumbfounded. Right. <laughs> I mean. You know, you would have to break leather every every job that you went to. Right. You know, but uh, you know, it, it was it, it was good. It was you know you you were there because you wanted to be there. You know. There's some. There's a good crew. <laughs> there's a good crew of three two guys. Look at uh, Big Thad, right? Yeah. All three two squad guys. Don't you love that? Yeah, you got Mikey Lopez who's serving uh, who's serving our country. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Newville and uh, Newville Roberts, good basketball yeah, player, right? Uh, you know, what, what was that drinking there? Some Arizona iced tea. What is that? Yeah, yeah, and baseball too. And there's uh, there you are at the yeah, Manhattan North yeah, you uh, know. Detective yeah, Club, look. bringing back memories. I don't want you to start crying yeah. during this show, but yeah. I'm just gonna. This is your life, you know. Here you are uh, at, at a cigar festival here, right? These guys all look. That's uh, exactly right. I worked with Reyes. Yeah. Who, who's that? Who's that, yeah. Bean? That's that's Christine uh, yeah. uh, Reyes from. Uh, well, she worked in uh, Bronx. She retired. She just retired. She worked in uh, Bronx the homicide. Oh no, kidding! Is she a detective or a yeah, sergeant? She was a. She was a. Yeah, she was a. She was a detective, and uh, okay. she actually went from uh, Bronx Special Victims and went to the Homicide Squad, and uh, she just re recently retired. Good for her, man. And there you are. There's yeah. your flyer for doing 32 years of service to the NYPD. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want you crying, Bean. Yeah, this it was, is your, a, this it was is your a sad life. day for me. I no, it was a <laughs> you didn't you didn't you didn't yeah, it was age a sad out, day for me. Right? I, I didn't, didn't really want to go, but yeah, I thought so. I thought they're gonna to have to call ESU to taser me. 
Look at that. Who is that? Who, who is that artist but, uh, that made this unbelievable you know, it was, flyer? It was time to go, I, I guess. That's great, man. That's great. Hey, what age did you come on the job? Uh, uh, listen, it's, it's, it's the guy uh, who I'm speaking with. Actually, I was going to say the guys with glasses, but all three of us are wearing glasses. That's right. We're all... you, hey, uh, it's funny. Did you always want to be a cop ever since you were a kid? No. No, I, um, I worked for Con Edison and I was in a, uh, I worked on a power station. I was an engineer and, uh, you know, I went on strike back in 83 and I said, listen, man, I, I can't do this strike stuff. And, um, I had a friend of mine who, uh, you know, we grew up together and he worked in a 3-0, in a 3-0 precinct and, uh, he wanted to be a cop. So he said, listen, I'm not going to take the test unless you take it. So I said, okay, I'll take the test with you. Mm -hmm. And thinking that I'm not gonna pass it. And, and sure enough, I passed it. And then I says, ah, oh, you know, now it's time for your, your agility test. Yeah, I'm not gonna pass that either. Sure <laughs> enough, I passed it. And I'm like, uh-oh, something's happening, you know? And um, sure enough, uh, you know, Con Ed found out because I was doing my background investigation and uh, they wanted, I wanted to be a foreman for them, uh, worked in, you know, in a power station. And um, they started teaching me, you know, showing me what we needed to do. I was in training. So I turned the job down, uh, the, the police department, and I, was sh I should have been in the January class of 85. But, uh, you know, I turned the job down because I was happy with Con Ed. You know, I made a lot of more money, a lot more money in content. But then when they found out I turned the job down they took the position away from the foreman's position and they put me back there. So I called my investigator up. He says, listen, you're good. He says, you're ready to go. So sure enough, July came, hold my hand up, you know, <laughs> I do, you know, and uh, you know, that's that's how we became a cop. No, no, no Bean, I, I do is what you say when you get married. <laughs> <laughs> the well, the yeah, police department, times. you just swear your whole damn life away, you know? Yeah, yeah. and I got the child support to prove it. That's right. <laughs> that's right. You know, but, uh, you know, I got sworn in and you know what? Never regretted it. You know, I, I, was, uh, I was already married and I asked my wife and you know, we talked about it and she said, okay, do what you got to do. And so I did, became a cop. And and then she was, said, I want a, th and I want a third of your pension. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but. Uh, yeah. Do you remember when they used to, tell, I don't know if they told you guys, but they said, don't quit your job until you're sworn in. So that's I remember, correct. I remember calling up my job from where I was. I said, listen, uh, they kind of sort of, they knew anyway, but. Uh, you know, I, I had to call him up from there and then officially quit from there. Yep. That uh, matter of fact, when I, you know, when I got sworn in that night, I went to Con Ed. I said, listen, I'm sorry, but here's my resignation letter. And I'm sorry I didn't give you two weeks. I said, but I just got sworn into the police department. And believe it or not, they were, they were big on, uh, they congratulated me. They thought it was the best thing I, in the world that I did, you know. I wonder if the, if the if Irvin Abina of 2021 
working for Con Ed, if they would say the same thing if you left them <laughs> for the police department. Or they would say, defund, uh, defund the police, stay yeah. with us. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what's really funny is that I worked in a power station uh, next to the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Uh -huh. uh, Con Ed sold uh, just about all their power stations to other companies. So it's weird because I don't know where I would I would be. Where would I be? Right. You know, I, I don't know. Be with, you'd be without a job. Would I have a job, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 So, nice. you know, the decision I made, you know, I, I, I did the right thing, you know, and, and I was only going to stay 20 years and then go back to Con Ed. Yeah, but, but you you uh, buffed you buffed I out. I man. stayed a little longer. You found you found the home in the three two. You found yeah. that White Castle right across the bridge you, into the Bronx. I sure did. <laughs> this is your I life. Sure, I sure did. <laughs> many... There's some. But listen, I remember a bunch of times you were there. <laughs> you were there to enjoy the White Castle. I, I I lived anyway, in the us. three. When I was in homicide, I lived in the three two precinct. It was like my second home. People say, "Hey, Sarge, what are you?" Yeah. <laughs> No one even asked what I was yeah, doing yeah. there. They were like, hey. Yeah. Exactly. We knew that. The, all we knew you were coming. You know, we, you were coming with a couple of your boys. That's right. All right. We would just make sure we have enough room on the table. You know? <laughs> and then they used to call everyone a bucket, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. I remember that. We had good times. We had that's we really, right. but you know what? The thing is, when it was time to get dirty, you know, it's time to go out there and look at the crime scene and knock on doors and this and that. You know what? We pulled our pants up. Boom. We all three went two, out. The three, two squad was the best, man. I love those yeah. guys, man. They but were you know what? It's, it's also, it's also the bosses, you know, I don't want to blow your head off, but you know, you were a good boss, you know, you let us do what we had to do. Then, uh, you know, we would team up and then figure out exactly what needed to be done afterwards. And, you know, you gave us the, you know, uh, unfortunately, these bosses these days, they want to be detectives, right. but they don't understand what it is to be a detective, you know, a, a work lot of crime them don't. scene, yeah. you know, murder, shootings, whatever. Yeah. Which is a shame, you know, but we had people like you that, uh, you know, did the right thing. Let us be detectives. You were the supervisor, yep. you know. I always believe that the, the overtime. That's right. Well, I <laughs> always believed that you had to always listen to the detectives. And what they told you was really the direction you should go because who else are you going to believe but the guys that are talking to the people out in the street, the guys doing the interviews, the guys doing the interrogations, the guys collecting the evidence. You have to listen right. to them, you know? And Yeah, but, but you had at least, you know, you, you had an open mind and if you had something to put in, you know, maybe an idea, you know what? We listen to you too because, you know, you're one of us. Yep. You know, you just happen to become a sergeant, and, you know, instead. But, uh, you know, we don't hold that against you. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we, we did what we had to do with and we got the job done. That's, that's, what, that's for sure. Is, you know, we, you know. Bean, talk about why we you, did what we did. And then. Uh, Bean, talk about why you went and became a delegate, uh, a union delegate. Why did you do that? Well, you know, um, you know, you remember Donnie Whalen, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, he was he was getting three quarters, and he was the delegate, 
And he says, listen, you know, you, you got a level head. You're not a radical. You're not one of these, uh, you know, these uh, rabble rousers. Exactly. Did you learn all the uh, like the the DEA and the PBA hand signals? Like, don't make waves. I love that one. You ever see that? (laughs) Don't make waves. They all learn. Yeah, no, don't make waves. (laughs) Yeah, I had to learn all that. uh, So you know, I I became the delegate. You know, I said, and no one really wanted it because you know it could be a tough job. Yeah, it's a very tough job. You know, and I did, and I became that, and. I enjoyed it. Um, and then, um, you know, Rob Mooney, who I think is the greatest guy in the world, besides the greatest detective in the world, okay, him and a couple other people, um, JD from the 2-3, you know, they were all delegates. Right. And uh, the position opened up for welfare officer, which is uh, one step below a trustee. So they grabbed me and they said, listen, you know, we want you to run for that position. Really had no desire to do it, but I said, all right, you know, thank you for, you know, thinking that I'm capable of doing it, but, you know, I told him I'll run. So, uh, but it turns out that no one wanted that spot either. <laughs> Man, you were getting everything by default. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. It, it was funny because the day, uh, you know, I'm at the delegates meeting, and uh, Mike Palladino, who's our president, who's another great, great guy, um, a good friend, you know, uh, he gets all the delegates up from, uh, from, uh, from, you know, from Manhattan North. And he says, all right, everybody who wants the position or put in the position for welfare, please step forward. <laughs> so all the delegates step back. <laughs> and there I am by myself. <laughs> So he turns around. And he says, "All right, no one else is no one else is signing up." He says, "Now you're the welfare you're the welfare officer," and well, that's how I got into the union business. You know, I was also a, I was an SBA delegate, but I had to like win an election against someone because the person that had it, you know, wanted to keep it, and I was like, "No, uh, you're gone." You know, <laughs> so yeah, I ran yeah. I ran against them and I, I won. But I, then I, I actually confronted a few guys that didn't vote for me. I was like, you uh-huh. little fucking worm. You didn't vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, yeah, well, then the guy was like, oh, you know, have you ever seen someone do a How tap dance? Isn't it supposed to be confidential? I just knew. I could just tell. It's, a, his, it's supposed to be. Yeah, I knew by his body language he didn't vote for me, you know? <laughs> I, I, I was like Patty Porteous one time, grabbed another detective uh, from the 2-3 squad, that lied. Uh, he was he was home, and Porteous called him up and said, "Don't come in today. Overtime's canceled." So the detective came in anyway and says, "He never called me." And Porteous put him in the box and interrogated him, and he finally he admitted it. He got a confession from the detective, <laughs> you know, because the boss was ripping into him. I told you to click. I did. He says you didn't. Then he grabbed him and put him in the interrogation room. <laughs> That's good interrogation skills when you can get another detective to confess, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, without a doubt. But you know, Pat, uh, Pat was a little bruiser too, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sure there was a he got convinced to uh... <laughs> detective Pat. He's watching now because he loved it when I pulled up that picture of him showing his plaque. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. That must Pat's have been the real... beginning of the meeting because he wasn't hammered yet. You know. <laughs> 
at the, at the yeah, end of the meeting, he would have had, he would have had bloodshot eyes. It would have been like, you know. <laughs> so, Bean, as as a delegate, without mentioning any names, tell us some of the most challenging uh, jobs you had to go on as a delegate. Well, you know, as a welfare officer, you know, obviously I have to be concerned about the welfare of a person's family or the detective. And, you know, I, I remember one incident where uh, a detective uh, lost his son. His son was about 16 years old. And uh, him and his son were tight. And his son, you know, passed away. And, uh, you know, he, he lived all the way as far as you can live legally working for the police department. And I would be there every day. I rented a hotel room. Wow. And, you know, it's, it's sad because, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to bury your own child. No, absolutely not. You know, and, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of instances like that where, you know, guy gets, uh, he's getting divorced. His wife's taking him to the cleaners. You know, now he's talking about eating his gun, you know. Right. which uh, is definitely not the answer. And, uh, you know, you, you stay with him. And then all of a sudden he gets locked up for DWI. So now, you you know, you want to hold his hand and make sure he's okay and assure him that everything will pass. And, you know, and, you know, he didn't do nothing stupid, which is a good thing, you know. And you know what? Everything passed. And, uh, you know, he was able to fill out, uh, you know, he was able to finish his career, you know. But, uh, you know, uh, it, it was nice to be able to help someone, even if you, can, you couldn't physically help them, you know, but you were there just in case. You yeah, know, em emotionally. And that, that takes a toll on you too, right? I mean, it really yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, exactly. you're, you're, uh, you're holding you a know, guy's hand and uh, that's a tough thing to do. But it's so, so important. You know, you know it, it is, you know, and like people, you know, I mean, I'm, div I'm divorced twice. So I know what it is to pay child support. I can't understand how that I could happen, Bean. You're so lovable. Your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Bean, I said, I don't know how that could happen. You're so lovable, you know? Uh, yeah, I, don't know. I don't know either, but, uh, you know, it, it happened. And uh, so I would feel their pain. You know, I would know exactly what they're going through. And, uh, you know, we would, uh, you know, we would uh, feed off each other, you know, and... Right. And of course, you know, my checks were, you know, were little and I had like a thousand and one side jobs, you know, but uh, you know what? I, I made it. Yeah. You know, you know being that's I, a I tough it. thing too, with uh, someone on the, a police officer, a detective sergeant, whatever, uh, someone, a member of the service going through a divorce, you don't know what their mental state is. Cause that's a real tough thing to go through. And, and, you know, as yeah. a police officer detective, we live with a gun 24, seven, 365. And if you have any inclination whatsoever to take your own life, you have the means with you at all times. And that, yes, that's a, that's a tough thing to read for everyone involved, you know, and right. especially someone like yourself, that's a delegate. It's so important for you to be there for you guys. Yeah, and you know, like I remember, I went to uh, narcotics, uh, Manhattan North Narcotics, and I uh, just became welfare officer. And so, you know, 
you know, introduced myself. I knew a bunch of them already because, you know, we had cases together and stuff like that. But, you know, I'd say, listen, I'm on the phone 24-7, any, you know, 365 days a year. And then one guy says, all right, let me have your number. So I would give him my number. Right. And I said it out loud. He says, no, but I want, the, I want your personal number. So I gave him the same number. I said, I don't have a union phone. I said, I don't have a, you know, work phone. You know, this is before they started giving out phones. Right. I said, this is my personal number. I said, and I keep it on 24 hours a day. And you need me, you call me. I said, don't call me at three o'clock in the morning for to find out how come, uh, you know, how do uh, you, you get a prescription call? Yeah, yeah Bean, where is that White Castle again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. 149. <laughs> But, uh, you know, my, my phone was always open and, uh, you know, I, I told that to, to uh, all the guys and people would call me and I would, I would be there, you know. But again, what I was talking about before, you know, it's a brotherhood. You know, Absolutely. we're all brothers. We're all doing the same job, you know. We're doing the same job, you know, and uh, you're my family. You know, being my family, that's the bottom line. Being I could being I could tell a personal story and I won't tell all the facts because it's sort of confidential, but you helped me out with uh, my brother who was jammed up. And uh, I was thankful to this day that you did that for me. And I just want you to know I appreciated that. The guy who can get stuff done. Yeah, it's like I said. Now he's going to start to cry. Yeah, I will probably, you know. I've been known to cry. <laughs> Let's see if you can do it. Come on. No, no, that's it. I'm done with that story. <laughs> and then, then you yeah, you actually moved up I, in the and union, I, and right? I take, yeah, I became, uh, well, Brian Hunt was my uh, partner. Okay. He worked in, uh, in narcotics. And he became a borough director. Right. So, you know, the, the position opened up. Uh, we're at a meeting uh, with Paladino and the rest of the board. And then we're having the delegates meeting the next day. And he, Mike comes up to me, he says, I apologize. I apologize. I said, what's the matter, Mike? He says, I forgot to announce that you're going to be the new trustee. I was like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm honored. And, uh, you know, I, I told him that I would do it. And, uh, you know, he uh, he gave me the position. I became the trustee, which is a you know a little higher authority. It's my borough now. You know. And Bean, let me ask you something. Does that position of the trustee come with a heavier pinky ring? Like, do you have that? <laughs> do you have to wear that gold pinky ring. You mean that, you, know? that, you mean this oh, one? Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, it. Uh, you know, I became now. I had my own borough. You know, now I was. I was the king of the borough of Manhattan North, and it's it was I was very, very proud of it. You know, um, the consigliere of the of the bureau, right? Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. You know, Mark, we got to yeah. thank Duty Ron. Duty Ron, it keeps throwing us money left and right. You know, he threw us another super chat, five dollars, and we were, <laughs> were able to get cookies and coffee at the end of the month with this. Thank you, Duty oh, Ron. And get thank to you. White Castles. <laughs> yeah, I will be able to go to White Castle. We'll re- we'll really dine gourmet style, you know. Yeah, we have to give a, we have to give a shout out to a bunch of these people that are that are writing stuff. Uh, Robert, um, Robert one two, three. Who picks your partner for you guys? 
what what is uh, what is what if you don't gel? Yeah, that uh, we pick out we pick our own partner whenever we want. So that's something that uh, you know we uh, you become friends with one particular guy. You like the way he works, and that's how it's that's how it's done. <laughs> a place yeah. like the three two, you want to have someone that you know is going to have your back at all times, right? That is cor- that is correct. Because you just partner, don't know, uh, right? Your partner will save your life multiple times over the years, right? Yes. You got to like the way that's they work. Sure. You know, if if you go out with somebody, you got to like the way they work. That's the correct. Tactics, the way they talk to people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you got you got to jive. You guys, you know, two people have to jive together, and you know uh, that partnership. I took that even more serious. You know where, you know, all my partners they knew my, you know, my my kids. They were invited to everything that I was throwing. You know, uh, I knew their kids. You know, I watched them, you know, grow up. Um, you know, I, I take that serious. That partner stuff is, is big time serious, you know, uh, being, I just have to interrupt you for a second. Gemma's journey all the way from the United Kingdom, throwing us five pounds. Oh my God. I don't even know how the bank is going to be able to count that. (laughs) Thank you so much. Gemma's journey. Another one of duty Ron's fans and, and duty Ron threw to us another five. We can buy some more weight castle. (laughs) (laughs) Mark, we have 82 people in this live chat. So oh, yeah. this really is an amazing thing, here. you know? Heather, Heather, love it. Would love some old firefighters to join in sometime back in the day. They were brothers. Yeah. Uh, all right. maybe <laughs> <laughs> We don't yeah. have firefighters on this show. We like them. We like the fact that they put out fires, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do they do? They wait to, they wait for the fires to start. But what about us? We're there before the fire starts. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Heather, there's a different relationship between, uh, I don't know how it is in other states or other, uh, you know, cities, but here in New York City, it's kind of like competitive, you know, um, not so much competitive, but also we, I guess cops are a little jealous, like they get paid to sleep, you know, yeah. <laughs> they get much better food, you know. Yeah. I we are say, in White no Castle and Fireman and gourmet meals, right? Yeah. Hey, but listen, I'll be I'll be the first one to tell you, you know, I, I, if, I if I had a foot post on a, uh, on a detail or something, I found that where the firehouse was. And then I said, what time is dinner? And I came and I, I threw in my five bucks. I had all the pasta and chicken I could eat. You know, my, my, exactly father, right. my father's a retired cop. Yeah, well, you see, he passed away, but um, he he was shocked that I had I had never, ever in my 27 year career gone into a firehouse. For a oh minute. my god! I used to go, and, and I was like, I never ever went into a firehouse. Never. I I remember going with the West Indian Day Parade, and it was my, probably my third year in a row that I, I I really got to know these guys in that firehouse. Good because I just came every year, and it was right <laughs> yeah. on, it was right there on Eastern Parkway somewhere, and uh, I'd go there and I'd have I'd chill out over there. Yeah, yeah, no, I've I had a foot post in a three-two uh, firehouse, and I had a fireman go, go up to me. He says, "You got this post today?" I said, "Yep." He says, "All right, give me five bucks." Give me five <laughs> bucks because, like I said, you know, hey, I'm okay. You know, you're you're you know, you're a fireman. I'm a cop. 
Uh, he says, uh, come here at six. I said, okay. Didn't know what it was about. And sure enough, they had a roasted chicken. They had mashed potatoes. Wow. They had a full course meal. You were full. Uh, you left there full. Oh, oh I you was know, like, Mark, oh my God, this is. Five bucks. We got another super chat yeah. from, from Dawn Marie. You know, people throwing money at us. She says, buy a six pack. We get a, in New York City, we get a 40, right? <laughs> we go to the bodega and we get a 40. Thank you, Dawn Marie. We really appreciate it. And thank you, Duty Ron, for bringing yeah, all your yeah. fans to our, um, to our podcast here. We really appreciate that. I think they're, they're digging on us. You know, they're digging on our New York City accent. And now, now we got Bean here from, from Central Harlem. They got to love that too, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, Bean, what's going on now uh, with the Manhattan North Detective Club? I see you having cigar parties all the time now. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, that, that seems. Yeah, that that seems to be what a lot of people are doing these days. So, I, you know, I get together and I do at different locations, and uh, you know, I I charge I charge just enough. So the next event, I don't have to charge more. Uh huh. And, uh, you know, for instance, uh, you know, uh, I'll go to the, one of the spots and, uh, you know, I have hot food, sandwiches, uh, uh, of course, adult beverages. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, I even have water for the wimpy guys. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, two cigars and we just hang out and just talk and talk and talk about everything and anything. That's great. You know, and, uh, you know, it, it really is. It's, and again, you know, it's, we're all brothers. We're all talking. And I don't care where you work. You know, I, you, you can work in a 3-4. You can work in a 3-0. You can work in Midtown South. I, whatever. You're a cop. You're my brother. That's, That's right. the bottom line. That's kind of sort of what we wanted to make this show be about originally. You know that? We wanted to have a thing where we could feel like we were hanging out talking. You know, cops like right. at bar, drinking, telling war stories. That's basically what what brought me and Bill together. We wanted to do that. There's been a lot which, of different. Which I think is a great idea. Yeah, at the heart of it, at the heart idea. of it, it's, it's all about the stories, really. You know, it's really yeah. just about this kind of stuff, talking about the job and the way it was. Ian, how do you feel days. now? How do you feel now about what when you see what's going on in the job, and how would how would you have handled being a delegate with all of this stuff going on? I, I, I would be crying every day. Uh, they destroyed this job that I I devoted my life to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I devo devoted my life to it, and you know the hardships with this COVID, uh, this defund the police department, uh, you know all this nonsense that these liberals are just going crazy over. I, I just, you know, uh, for instance, uh, right after I retired, uh, there was a guy that came into the squad from the Bronx and sure enough, he died. He died of COVID. Yes, I, I remember that. And, yeah. uh, you know, he just got his shield and he was doing good and everything else like that. And, you know, even even that they tried to screw him by saying he died of COVID. I said no, he didn't die of COVID. What did he have? What did he actually die of? Died of a heart attack. 
All right. right. So let's think about his family. Give him the heart bill. Right. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It turns out that the medical examiner in, in the Bronx uh, said, yeah, okay, I, I got you. I got you. So she changed the birth, the death certificate. And now his family, who he's got, you know, 10 or 11 year old kids. So they, they're kind of young. They got, they got protection. You know, they got their, uh, they got money coming in. They got their benefits. You know, uh, but that's part of brotherhood, you know. Absolutely, gotta, absolutely. And, you know, some of these, these, how should I say, these politicians don't know what we do for a living. No, no. You know, you know it's they, funny, they, Bean, we, we sometimes have, we have talked about. They don't about, know what it is to. Bean, we have talked about the um, the diaphragm law. And there was a cop from the 2-5, two cops, a female officer and a male officer, there was a videotape of them making a, a gun collar. They had the guy laying on the ground. And you could see the male officer was afraid to put his knee in the guy's back. So as a result, he got cocky and got up and started to run. And then eventually they got him back down on the ground. Sure enough, he had a gun. But that could have really went bad. Eventually, backup got there. They got him cuffed and they got him off the street. But he could the cop could have got killed. Because both of them, both who knows, yeah, both cops could have yeah, killed. they were both afraid to use the necessary force because of this stupid law that a lot of city council members, who are all probably most of them, a bunch of cowards, uh, they they made this law trying to pacify their constituents, and they put really good cops in right. danger because of it, you know. Yes, yes. Um, and it only takes a second for someone to pull out that gun and start shooting the cops and got the bid, the backup came and they didn't know. And now you're talking about more cops getting hurt. No, that's, uh, I mean, listen, we got to do our jobs. You know, uh, I've always had a, a thing. Once the cuffs of the cuff is on, the cuffs are on the guy. That's it. The, the fight's over. I don't care Absolutely. if he's wiggling or, yeah. or whatever, you know, but the fight's over. But come on, let's let's get real. These these people don't want to be arrested, and they will they will have they have no problem taking your life. No, they don't. No problem taking your life. And like, what if you get a guy a guy you know, on the street that just got out of the University of Kaksaki, you know, and he's cock diesel, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you got to roll around yeah. with this guy on the street. He's twice as strong as you because. He spent five years lifting weights, you know, Correct. seven days a week, yeah. you know, body by Kaksaki, you know? Yeah. Hey, uh, my three rosebuds has a question for Bill. Bill Cannon, do you feel it's a lot more different now than when you worked? Yeah, I think what's changed the entire game is video. Video cameras and cell phones, people are videotape everything, all interactions on the street a videotape and that makes a cop's job very very difficult in fact the cop now is wearing body worn video himself and in in a way that gets to combat the civilian's camera because now he the cop has a camera on him that is showing what actually happened not what the civilian is taping that may have been selectively uh edited you know edited so uh yeah it's much more difficult right now it sure is yeah, I have it's to. It's a shame. It's unanimous. Yeah. You know, it's, you know when it's they talk, the old time cops know, used to talk about street justice. If someone mouthed off to you, you could sly wrap them to the back of his head. You know, 
You can't do. No, that we had <laughs> we had we had uh, the cell phones. You know, I retired in 2012. We had the cell phones back then, and I remember one time this guy was banging his head off the uh, the wall in the uh, in the cell. <laughs> you know, people would never understand this, but you just like look in the no. cell because you hear a noise, a thump, and there's this guy going like this, like bang, 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 just banging his head off the wall. So I just took out my cell phone and I started taping him, and then he stopped. Yeah, no, no, he didn't say anything else because no, no one would I got believe it right that. Here. You want to make a complaint? I got it right here. You know, one of our. Um, uh, Live chat has said body worn cameras. Yeah, New York City police officers have a camera that they wear on their chest on the left side of their body. And when they interact uh, with people, I don't know exactly what the parameters are for turning it on, but when they interact, I say a gun run, a dangerous job, they're required to turn it on. And it records audio and video. That's, that's correct. Do you know what the parameters are being for turning the camera on? Uh, as, as far as I know, as far as what I, you know, because they were just starting to implement that when before I left. And um, in the car, you don't have to have it on in the RP. The minute you step out of the RP, you got to put it on. And then it's got to stay on unless there's something, I, I mean, Something that, uh, like, for instance, a rape victim. Right. Uh, then you might shut that camera off. You know, uh, you don't want to. You don't want to embarrass her or him any more than he is or she is already embarrassed. Right. But uh, that thing has to stay on. You know, and uh, you know, they say sometimes it helps, sometimes it could hurt. But you know, I, I don't really think. Uh, you know, I've seen some video cameras. You know, some footage. And they help the cops. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I th I think it's if I had to give it a number, I would say it's at least seventy five, twenty five, maybe more, that it's helped. Yeah, really. Do. Okay, yeah. I I would give. Yeah, it, I think. I think it helps more time. You know, it put it, it puts the pieces of the story together where you used to just get one side of it and 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 then they edit the tape, and uh, you know you were lost. You got you had nothing. You were just that basically what. Mr. Editor did with their, their, their cell phone tape, you know? Yeah. No, I, I happen to agree with you on that part. Uh, Bean, you know what I wanted to ask you? Right around the time I left, I left in uh, 2011, uh, they went to videotaping interrogations. And right. the other thing was they made it a rule that when the detective went into the room to interrogate a suspect, right off the bat, he had to read Miranda. That's correct. And how is how has that worked out? Uh, it's uh, it's <laughs> you know it's, it's a rough one, it, right? Yeah. It, Bean, let me just interrupt you for one second because back in the day, and I'll use that term, back in the day, uh, detectives would schmooze the guy. That correct. Yiddish that Yiddish word schmooze, they would schmooze him and get him in a good mood, and then start talking to him. Exactly. Yeah, basically, I, a lot of times I'd go through the story with them two or three times and say, okay, listen, uh, why don't we just get this down on paper? Just let's record it so it's official. So everybody's, you know, everybody knows what you're telling me. And, you know, this way you have something to back you up when you need it. Like I used to say stuff like that. And then I used to read the Miranda and then 
if we tell we tell me the same story again sometimes the hardest part of the interview was getting the the perp to wave miranda right that's that's correct but but again you see like you said sometimes you have to smooth the person you know <laughs> bring it down you know bring it bring the level down where listen you know maybe maybe you had a reason to do it maybe there was a reason why you did what you're being accused of being of doing right you know uh, for instance uh, uh, a homicide did the guy tried to shoot you before did he are you scared you right, know that, right. and you know and you know unfortunately people think that cops are like gods okay we're not we're normal people we cry we laugh we bleed just like everybody else so you you try to bring yourself down to you know not to their level, but to take away that stigma and make them believe that you're just an honest person who's looking to find out what's going on. Absolutely, you know, and you know something. One of the, the things that I um, during during my nine and a half years at Manhattan North Homicide and my years in the two three squad and the two four squad, I always counted on the detectives because they were so good to get mm -hmm. confessions, you know, to get admissions and confessions. They were so, so good in the box. And maybe I counted yeah. on them too much, you know, like when you didn't have it, you say, bring them in, let's talk to them. You know, like, oh, you're going to get right. them to confess, you know, because they were so good at it that they, they. Right. You know. I mean. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you've been involved in hundreds of them and, uh, you know, sometimes it it's, you know, I've been in the box for 12 hours, 13 hours, 14 hours, but then the guy starts talking and, you know, we're, you know, wow, we, we solved right, it. Right, we got right, it. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, at some point you develop a relationship with these people, you know, if you're good yeah. at it. It's a legitimate relationship. And then yeah. and unburdened too. A lot of times they want to unburden. They just need they just need somebody to tell them, you know, it's going to be okay. They got to trust you. Yeah. You know, that's exactly to, right. I don't know how much confessions mean anything nowadays anymore anyway, though, to tell you the truth. I mean, people like if this, they, they want DNA, um, you know. <laughs> no, jury, juries yeah. still want confessions, but they want even more. They want the forensic evidence too, you know. Right. They, and you sometimes know, there is none. Yeah, right, exactly. Exactly. Though, it's it's tough. You know, that's they all, call yeah. that the CSI effect because people watch so much TV, and they think that if there's no physical evidence, no fibers, no DNA, no blood, no this, no that, this guy couldn't have done it. Listen, you let know? me tell you something. My girlfriend is solving three crimes at the same time. She's got Dateline in, on the TV, on her iPad. <laughs> she's on YouTube. And she's, <laughs> she's got a true crime story. She's solving on her phone. <laughs> Well, it's funny. Civilians think they actually can solve yeah. these crimes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, no, this is what yeah. you have to do next, you know? And she said, I don't want to see any dead bodies, though. Yeah. <laughs> so first it was, uh, I don't really want to do it with a police work in uniform. I don't like that. I just want to be a detective. And now it's, uh, forget it, I don't want to see the dead bodies. You know why? Because we were watching, have you guys seen this? It's really gory. Um, it's on Netflix, The Night Stalker Murders. I, I've heard of it. I yeah, seen well, it. there's a whole series on Netflix right now. 
Suzanne King just hit us up with $5 in the super chat, Suzanne. Thank you so much. She also was brought here by Duty Ron. Duty Ron's like, uh, he's supplying us with all his fans. Thank you so much, Duty Ron. Thank you, Suzanne King, for that $5 okay, super great, chat. No? You know, we had a great, you were great, uh, Bane, man. What can I tell you? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. when you think about like, um, like uh, somebody who, who, you're a saint, brother. Listen, Con Ed missed out. Yeah, they really did. Know, they would have had a I mean, superstar. They would have had yeah. a superstar. The job was lucky to have you. Well, thank you, thank you very much. But uh, listen, the the job treated me okay. You know, I I gave it my all. Uh, you know, I did. You know, I, I luckily, you know, I was. You know, I, I had a little bit of luck. I had good bosses. You know, I you know, did nobody, my work. I mean, how many times did they come up to you every single time and say, hey, we want you to do this? Those positions that they wanted you to do, that your, your fellow brothers, you know, asked you to do, um, those are usually positions that people fight over, cat and dog, you know? And uh, yeah. just like the politics that you see anywhere else, sometimes it can get ugly. You know what I'm saying? And uh, people are stepping out of the way. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Amazing. And amazing, you know. And a, and a lot of things I ran into a couple of times where detectives would say, uh, "Well, how do you know what I'm going through?" And I would tell them, "Listen, I'm still catching cases. Oh, you're not released?" Mm -hmm. I said, "Nope." I said, "I catch cases. I still make my collars, and you know the whole the whole the whole deal." And uh, they're like, oh my God. So I'm like, listen, but I'm just like you. I know your pain. I've, I've always said that. I want to know, I want to know my, my detective's pain and uh, what they go through, you know, especially like when that uh, DD5, the DD, uh, the five system came in uh, when we used to do it on typewriter and it was the greatest thing in the world. Now we have to do it on computer. Yeah, because you could have 80 open cases and no one could do anything about it. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's exactly right. But guess what, though? When the paper needed to be done, it was done. It was that's done. That's for sure, yeah. You yeah. know, if there's a collar needed, we made the collar. That's it. Uh, Steve Adragna, my former lieutenant in the 2-3 squad, just hit us up with a $10 super chat. Steve, thank you so much. Uh, good guy. He's living down south now, I believe, in Virginia. Steve, thanks for for watching and thank you for hitting us up with the $10 super chat. Steve was my sergeant in NSU. No kidding. Yeah, yeah cause no, he was Steve originally was a, he was a South guy originally. Yeah, yeah. And he came up to the North. He had, you know, he got a nosebleed with the high altitude <laughs> up there, you know? <laughs> when people yeah, came from Steve. the South to the North, they was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny you say that because uh, the first day I'm, uh, I'm, I'm at the three two, we had uh, the CO was Jack Walsh, who now is a federal judge. Wow. And uh, he said, oh, I remember you from NSU 3. I said, yes. He says, well, wear your vest and make sure you carry a second gun. And I'm like, what the hell did I just get into? <laughs> was, wait, was it the guy Jack Walsh that was like, they called him Jack the Rack. He had a rack up about that high. Was that him? Uh, yeah. He I was from the, so. like he worked in the seven five or the seven three or something like that, right? Yes. And he made captain on the job, guy. right? Yeah, he, yeah. He, actually, he made uh, inspector. He did the uh, prosecution for um, 
uh, the the seven seven thing. Wow. Uh, yeah, and then uh, they gave him a judgeship. Holy shit! You know, I have to thank two more people: Heather, Heather, who was also brought over by Duty Ron. Thank you for the five dollar super chat, and also Joey Brooklyn. What up, Joey? Thanks for the five. <laughs> Thanks for the five, brother. We could appreciate. Thank you, Joey Brooklyn. Also one of Duty Ron's fans. So, Bean, what are you up to nowadays? Uh, where can people find you? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Uh, you know, I, I, I do a little side job um, for a Jewish temple on uh, 79th and 2nd. I make sure uh, they have a school there, uh, pre-K and nursery and kindergarten. I make sure that no one steals the kids, you know. Uh, they've had that happen where they tried to take kids. So they, they have uh, me and uh, uh, another retired cop uh, just, you know, we stand outside, make sure the kids get into the school okay. Once they're in the school, that's it. Did the, temple, did, did the temple make you the delegate? The rabbi appointed you a delegate, right? Yes, yeah. For people so outside of New York, uh, on the New York City Police Department, everything's a hook, and people call a hook a rabbi, right? A rabbi. Who's your yeah, rabbi, exactly right? right? That's right. That was your rabbi. That's so, the expression, but, uh, yeah. You know, I, I was, before this COVID, I actually sat in its service with the rabbi, making sure nothing happened to him, because he's a, a conservative guy. You know, yeah. he's not a real big religious type of person. Um, but, uh, you know, now with the temple being closed, the school is open, so I do that, and you know, and now all I do is smoke cigars. <laughs> City Island, I'm there at City Island, puffing away, relax. That's great. You know? If I ever calls in sick and you need somebody, let me know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no I like to smoke cigars too. All right, listen, you always what, kind, what kind of cigars you smoke, Bean? I, I do Dominicans and Nicaraguans. I do, uh, my, my favorite is happens to be uh, Padron, uh, which is a company, it's a Nicaraguan. And I do Dominicans too. Uh, I love Dominican cigars. And I actually, uh, you know, I go down to the Dominican public twice a year at least. Wow. That's good, man. That's yeah, but that's idea. not for the cigars. <laughs> Listen, sure it is. <laughs> hey, let's, listen I remember single. I remember those trips you guys used to go on. Yeah. I was, well, I was like, I was crying. I couldn't go on married. I can't I'm go. I'm still doing them. <laughs> But, uh, you know, uh, and unfortunately, I discovered Thailand. Wow. Wow. Thailand is a beautiful country. It's cheap. It's not a third world country. But, uh, again, you know, you just got to have to, you have to worry about uh, if it's a woman or uh, other. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or you check the box, other. Don't you, don't you hate when that happens? <laughs> It happens. <laughs> fool me once. Fool me once on a trip. That's my. That's your bad. Fool me three times. <laughs> Listen, I, I I had a guy that came with us. He retired from the three four, from the three four precinct. He was a cop. Talking to this girl, in love. She's beautiful, beautiful voice. She spoke English. Okay, it's it's time to go to the hotel room. She says, "Listen, I would love to go." You're a beautiful man saying this to this cop, but I'm a boy. His heart was broken 
Uh-huh. He was going crazy, uh-huh. crazy, because uh-huh. it, it broke his heart because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't. The next, uh, words, the next words, I normally don't do this, but. <laughs> <laughs> Under these circumstances. It's late, and I'm going to pretend like you didn't say that. <laughs> oh, but, I, and you know what? And I was like standing next to her, him, her, yeah. it, whatever. <clears throat> Smelled good, nice soft voice, elegant, no Adam's apple. No else. <laughs> you know, uh, and when she told that to everybody, we were just like, huh? But unfortunately, my friend uh, broke his heart. He was no good for three days. Oh, good. Uh, no good. That's crazy. You know? Anyway. But, All right, so um, I, I think we should probably wrap up, man. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, yeah I think we got it. Bean, thank you so much for coming on the it's show. My pleasure. You're always one of my favorite guys from the 3-2, and you do ama- you did a lot of amazing work, not just out on the street, but for fellow detectives, fellow sergeants, you know, you. everybody on the police department. And people like you are the real angels of the job, really. I, I thank you very much. That. Thank you. And it was you know, a pleasure. Saint, man. Con Ed messed up. Yeah, thank you very much. The job is lucky to have you. Thank you for everything that you did and that you continue to do for the job. Thank you very much. And, you know, I'm always always here for you guys. Well, you know, something next time, once this COVID shit's over, I'll actually go to one of your cigar cigar parties, you know. I don't think I can go to to Thailand or the DR, you know. Jacoby and Myers would be knocking on my door. (laughs) None of those. How about the Philippines? (laughs) I can't do it. But, but listen, we also, at this point, we have to shout out to a lot of people. Uh, Mark and I uh, recently, about a month ago, met a fellow detective. His name is Duty Ron, and he has his own channel. Uh, he does a, uh, a real crime show, and he's helped us tremendously bring our show over to YouTube. In fact, in the last month on YouTube, we gained a thousand subscribers, and we, wow. were, we were hovering at a thousand for like two years almost, right? A year and a half. So he's helping us. He's teaching me a lot about how to do this podcast. And I want to thank Duty Ron. And a lot of his fans have come over. He picked up, I think, 6,000 fans in the last two weeks from uh, doing some of these real crime cases. So I want to thank his fans for coming over to the Police Off the Cuff family and to watching uh, some of our shows. Mark does a show called one-on-one with Mark DeMeo or Ask a Cop with Mark DeMeo. I can't keep track of which what his show is called now. And I do a show called um, Real Crime Stories, but it's all under the umbrella of police off the cuff. We also have a, uh, please, if you like our show, subscribe to us on YouTube. And we also have something called the Patreon, where people actually pay a monthly fee to watch us, which is incredible. And we have three tiers. The first tier is called The Bucket. And that costs seven bucks. If you're a little bucket, you'll pay seven bucks. <laughs> the second tier is called Polish My Rack, and that costs nine bucks. And the eleven dollar, the eleven dollar tier, the premier tier is dipped in butter. So if you want yours, <laughs> you want yours dipped in butter, pay eleven dollars a month and you can watch us 24-7. <laughs> so that's it. Thank you, uh, Irvin Urbina Bean. For, uh, for joining us tonight. You're always welcome. And uh, anything you need from us, you let us know. If you want to uh, have something that you want to share with us or you need help with something, 
we can get the word out for you to uh, our listeners as well. We're always here for you. Thank you very much, Mark. It's your Thanks, pleasure. Gene. You're the man. You're the man, brother. Thank you so much. Good night, everyone. Take care. Thank now. you. Thank you for watching. Thank you.